Debacle Pecto, the Bossa Pecto. Debacle Pecto, the Bossa Pecto. You a BOSS, you know that you bless us. Tell you a boss in your drip in your Welcome every step. Say this podcast. thing out, say this thing out. Podcast that helps you carefully rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss. Your one stop shop for tips, tools, and resources. Your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you are looking for your next step in life and business, we've got you covered. Where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game. With your hosts, powerhouse performance couple, expert leaders, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. What's going on? Welcome back to the Boss Effect Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, but he's also a former professional actor and a medieval knight who turned speaker, mentor, visionary solopreneurs, and the international best-selling author of Zero to Launch Podcast Accelerator. He's also a host of four popular podcasts, and he's also been featured in films with Mel Gibson and Kevin Costner. He's also performed in Broadway, and he's the founder of the Authority Academy. Let's welcome Michael Neely to the Boss Effect Podcast. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to be with you, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. This, I've been looking forward to this, and this is going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for having me here. No, thank you, Mike, for being our podcast coach and helping us to launch Boss Effect Podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm like so honored. It's like, uh, one of the things that I love about what I do is when I get to see really cool podcasts like yours take off and hit the ground running and then skyrocket. And I love what you guys are up to in the world. And man, it's just such an honor to be able to participate. So Michael Neely, you are in, you are truly a knight in shining armor, right? But Sean Seven also is curious about something else. I was raised with my grandmother, my grandmother, before I could watch anything, I had to watch stories, which is soap operas, with my grandmother. So I would love to know which soap opera were you on? I, that's a great question. I was actually on multiple soap operas throughout the years at various times and had various sizes of roles from what they call a day player uh, to, you know, a, a short recurring role. And I was on all, what is it? Uh, see if I can remember all of these. Um you might have to help me with some of the names. All, all my children. children. What's the one? All my children. Thank oh. you. It's like, these have been so long ago. All my children. Guiding light. One life to live. General hospital. And oh, another one that got canceled. Loving. I don't know if you remember that. Love, but, but guiding light. Yeah, yeah. That was me and my grandmother's favorite. <laughs> guiding light. Yeah. I had a great scene in there. I joke sometimes, like you know, when I make uh, when I'm coaching, I tell anything legal wise. I say, well. I'm not an attorney, but I have played one on TV and it's very true because I played it in the guy. <laughs> and what a beautiful transition into what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate that. So Mike, you went from acting to podcasting. How did that come about? Oof. Um, well, I can say this, it wasn't a straight line. I mean, literally uh, my son was born in Los Angeles. I was still acting at the time in 2002 and by the time he was two, my wife and I at the time were, were like, we didn't really want to raise him in the smog of L.A. And at that point, if you know anything about acting careers, unless you're an A-lister, I mean, it's, it's hills and valleys. You might get a job, make good money, work for a month or two, and then go three or four months without any work. And so you're doing other stuff to fill it in. And I'm like, that didn't feel good to raise a family that way. So we left L.A. and I started pursuing some other thing. I mean, you know, I had to kind of find my purpose all over again. 
And so I got in the pharmaceutical industry for a while, working with AstraZeneca. I got into the high-tech startup company, even uh, created my own high-tech startup. And it wasn't until that one started to hit the end of our financial runway. Like literally, I had to fire myself. Couldn't afford to pay me anymore as the CEO. I'm like, all right, you know, we gotta, we're gonna have to let it all go. And fortunately, during that time, I'd started coaching people and basically in, in mindset work, like overcoming blocks and, and uh, really being more successful in the world just in how they were being. And a, fr a friend slash client that I was working with, we recorded the interview, or not the interview, but the session, so to speak. I, I call everything interviews nowadays because of podcasting, mm -hmm. but uh, we ended up recording the session and we played it back. And he said, dude, that sounds really good. You should start a podcast. And this is 2014. And I didn't even know what a podcast was, but two weeks later, launched my show and boom, that's when this whole trajectory took off for me and led me to where I am today. That's so so when we are coaching and we're finding our path and we're looking for who we want to be, and I love the fact that you say, I had to fire myself. That means you stopped and started over again. And that's okay because now you're, I mean, you're amazing, of course. Thank you for being amazing. You have, how many podcasts do you have now? I've got four now and three more in the wings waiting to be birthed. So <laughs> that's a lot. And what type of people do you usually work with? You know, it really varies with my podcasts, uh, you know, because I have different audiences. As you know, I mean, I've got a show about wine, a show about spirits uh, and spirits as in alcohol spirits, not spirits. Although consciously speaking, sometimes we talk about spirits on that show. So I really my shows run the gamut. But who I like to work with when I'm helping people launch shows and to build their own authority are folks just like you two. I mean, beautiful souls, what I call visionary solopreneurs who are out there to have an impact on the world. That's who I want to work with. And so that's my focus, really. I love that. I love that. That's actually what I was looking for, visionary solopreneurs. I was thinking, how can I get him to say visionary solopreneurs? So I can ask my question, what is the difference between a, vision, a visionary solopreneur and a heart-centered solopreneur, entrepreneur? Hmm. That's a, that's a really good question. And that's potentially a discerning difference that I hadn't really looked at, but I, I will say this, when I was in the uh, high tech industry, I was, I mean, I think I always approached work of heart centered, but I wasn't a visionary solopreneur. I was pursuing the almighty dollar. What I was doing was more about the making of the money than it was about fulfilling any, anything for humanity or my heart's desire or anything else. So it was like, it, it lacked that element. And I think a visionary solopreneur is someone who has something bursting inside them. They see a better future, a better potential for people, for others, for the planet. And they put that into action in an entrepreneurial way. And to me, that's a visionary solopreneur. Heart-centered, you can approach anything from the heart, but Visionary solo different. I love that because that is exactly what Boss Effect stands for. You know, like that soulful aspect of who you are and showing up as, yes. oh my God, I can do this 5, 10, 15 years from now. I'm excited to jump out of bed to do this because this is what I feel I am called to do. Like this sets my soul on fire. It expands mm -hmm. my heart. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. yes. So much. If somebody's tiptoeing around, wanting to be a podcaster, what's some advice that you would give them to tell them to go ahead and push them with the starting? Yeah, yeah, to take that leap. 
You know, I think one of the things, well, a couple of things that stop people from podcasting, and trust me, I, I meet so many people who've been sitting on an idea for over a year going, I want to have a podcast, and they just haven't pulled the trigger. And I think that the two main factors are, one, they're afraid of the technology, which, by the way, is easy. That should not stop anybody. Podcasting is a really easy format in that respect. And the other thing I think that stops people is that they're afraid it's going to be a lot of work. Now, I'm sure there are some other fears that will pop up as well, but those are the two that I encounter the most, especially if someone is a solopreneur already. They've got a business going and they're doing all this stuff to really grow their business. And they think, oh, just adding a podcast to that could be a real chore. And again, it's I think that's a myth. I look at it like, you know, if you want to have apples one day and make an apple pie, you got to start growing the tree, but to grow that apple tree, it doesn't, you don't have to sit and watch it 24 seven. You just plant that seed and you go out and you water it on a regular little basis. You know, it doesn't eat up all your time. I think podcasting is like that. You, you get it built, you plant that seed, doesn't take a whole lot. And then you just keep watering it. And by watering, I just mean you put out new content once a week, every two weeks, once a month, if that's what works for your schedule, but whatever you do, just don't stop. Just build it and fly with it. I love that. <laughs> So, Mike, has there ever been a time in your life that you felt at something? And if it was, how did you overcome that? <laughs> uh, only like uh, every year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I love that question, Sean Seven, because one of the things that I used to teach back in my jousting days, you mentioned I used to be a, a knight. I was the head knight show manager for Medieval Times Dinner Tournament and then for the New York Renaissance Fair for, you know, 12 years in total. And I always taught people that uh, any of the guys I'm training is that if you're not falling off your horse, you're not trying hard enough. And I think it's the same thing in business. If you're not pushing those boundaries that are going to inevitably lead to some failures, you're not really growing. And I've failed in business multiple times. I've always been very entrepreneurial. I've had lots of businesses and some went well for a while and then failed and others didn't even go well at all and failed. So, but the point is you just got to keep trying. And especially if you are visionary, you're going to have ideas and sometimes it may be ahead of its time, but just keep doing it and push yourself to those limits. So I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as a growth opportunity and you get a lot out of that alone right there. Oh my God. That's when I was in the military, we used to say, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself just hearing you say, I failed a lot. I failed a lot in the military. They teach us, you know, hunting the good stuff. You know, it's like a broken egg. You can't put it back together. But if you meet a leader who calls themselves an authority, which you are an authority and they say, Oh, I'm perfect. I've never failed. I've never done anything wrong. I am perfect in every way. They told us to run like hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're full of it. <laughs> so I love the fact that you can own your vulnerability and that you failed at so many things. And that made you comfortable saying you were an authority. One of the things that I had, issues with when we first started was calling myself an expert leader, even though I had all these credentials and training. Like, I don't want to call myself an expert, but then I realized all the times that we fail actually define who we are. So when I think about it, like I can think of words that define who I am because of those failures and things that I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Three words to describe mm -hmm. myself? Uh, 
Paul Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, three words to describe myself. Um, I would say fun. Definitely. I, I love having fun. It's an important part of my, my life, my world. Uh, adventurous and uh, caring slash generous. I mean, my caring shows up in generosity a lot. I like to be generous with my time and, and with, you know, just in any way that I can to support others. I love those choices. That, that is one of the reasons why when we say, oh my God, Michael Neely is going to be on the podcast. Sean Seth and I said, we're not going to ask him traditional questions. We're going to find some deep questions to throw him off because he's probably been on a hundred thousand podcasts and he has an answer prepared for everything that we can look at. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we're going to literally go take you off path, off path and just throw something at you just totally that would be unexpected coming from us. Because you are our podcast coach. You're so much more. You're a great mentor and a great friend. And we appreciate that. We really, really do. And like we also mentioned in the beginning of uh, your intro, you are a best-selling author. Can you explain to our listeners about some of the books that you have published? Exactly. Yeah. And, and especially because it's also one of the things that I teach as part of the Authority Academy is how to become published and how to use a book because a book is simply a tool. And if you really start to think of it that way, it's important. And quite frankly, a little bit of what I teach is how my bestselling book transpired. Number one is that with a podcast, you can start to speak your book into existence. Literally, you could take podcast episodes, have them transcribed and put into a book. Now, the way Zero to Launch Podcast Accelerator came about was a little bit of a mix of that. I was recreating my online course because so much had changed in the industry. And I created an outline of all the modules and the trainings I was going to have in there. And I wrote a script for each module, okay, and multiple scripts. And at the end, I had all these scripts written that I was going to record and then put with video to you know, make available for the trainees in my program. And when I took all of that material and I put it into one word document, I was like, that's 58,000 words. That's a book. And so then I reached out to a, a publisher connection that I had and they were willing to take it on. And I said, you know, we've got three weeks till the launch of the relaunch of my training program. I'd like to have it published by then. And I asked, is this doable? And they said, absolutely. And within three weeks, we got it published, made international bestseller. And it's, that's how easy it can be, too, if you just kind of know how to use the, the parts of the authority building process. So that's how yes. it happened. You know, in 2019, when I first met you in October 2019, I remember specifically, I remember you saying there are four pillars to your authority. And I remember those. And I literally took a photo of your uh, slideshow from the screen. And I was like. So if there are four pillars, do I have to do all four or can I just do one? You can do just one, but the truth of the matter is it's, it's like, you, you've probably all heard that ex example. I don't think I have a pencil here, but I've got a pen. So we use that as an example. But if this were a pencil, if it's a single pencil and you take it, you can break a single pencil really easily. But if you put more than one together, now it's a lot harder to break that. Okay. And so it's a similar process with authority building that a book is a great tool, but in and of itself, it's relatively weak podcast in and of itself, great tool, but it's not all that powerful. But when you combine it 
with adding virtual summits, which by the way, is simply a podcast reshaped and delivered in another way that builds your business. Podcasting, virtual summits, speaking from stage, which by the way, you can hone your stage talk through your talking on your podcasts and you grow the potential speaker opportunities through your podcast. So speaking from stage and then getting published. And if you do them in a particular order as well, it makes it so much easier to do. You build this really powerful machine, which is made up of parts. And so just having one is you've got a part, but you put them all together, you've got a machine. So that's not all four of those pillars. Which one will you say is your favorite one? <laughs> um, I guess it's probably, well, gosh, that's a tough question. Because <laughs> I love them all. I mean, I, it's kind of like my acting you know, world. People are like, well, do you prefer acting on film or do you prefer acting on stage? What I love about stage and the same thing with just speaking from stage is I get to be physically in the presence of people, which is great. Podcasting is great. It's like working on camera. It's just you and, and a microphone or you and your guests or hosts or however you're presenting that. But, it, but you don't get that audience reaction. So so there's value to both. Um, I think what I a podcast would probably be a little higher for me because it's where I can create show after show. Just if I've got this creative thing going on, these juices flowing, I, I'm going to create a show about that. Something else I have a passion about. Let me create a show about that. So that part I love. It allows me that venue to let all of my creative juices flow. You know, since we've started our podcast, it's totally changed our life. I just want you yes. to know it has really changed our life and being able to come back in and then even just the community that you created around, you know, we think we're just going to learn how to do our podcast, but there's so much more to a podcast and to the community that you created, the connections, the fun, the mm -hmm. like Sean, seven will really be like we can't go we have a meeting today with michael Neal. i'm like really all the other programs we've been in you've never been this animate about going to okay got it so, so i do understand how fun it is how exciting and how life-changing it is to start a podcast we want to throw something else at you we have a game that we play with everyone who stops by the boss effect podcast because if we're going to say to our audience, hey, check out Michael Neely, check out this person, we want to be sure that you are actually a boss. Well, hey, I mean, you are talking to Michael Neely and I am a boss. So, you, you, you know, you got to have that part down to actually be on the show. And I, I've been bossing for a while. <laughs> tell, talk to my son about that one. <laughs> well, since you are a boss, Michael Neely, I'm going to give you the rules to this game. Name right. your game is 10K in 10 days. Rule number one, we're going to give you $100. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't uh, borrow or get a loan from uh, any friends, family, or bank. Okay. We're going to give you a beater truck to get around in. And when we say beater, it's only going to get you from point A to point B. You can't even go out of town. Exactly. If you pass that sign that says city limits, it'll literally break down. <laughs> And then on top of that, we want you to explain step by step to our listeners how oh, you know, one more thing I forgot. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows you. You start at ground zero. Nobody knows. Yes. Yes. And once you step step by step, tell our listeners how you're going to go about getting that 10K in 10 days. 10K in 10 days. Well, wow. Double okay. it. We're going to throw in a 10K on top of that. So you'll have $20,000 at the end of your 10 days if you can make 10K in 10 days. All right. All right. I love that.
Okay. So step one, I would launch a podcast because you can do that easily for under a hundred dollars. Like literally the first microphone I used was a little Logitech headset for 25 bucks, USB connected right to my laptop. Now, can I assume I've got a laptop at the beginning of this? Otherwise, I ain't gonna get it for hundred dollars. Okay, got my laptop. So I'm gonna most who doesn't nowadays? I mean, it's like we've all got that. So I'm gonna get a twenty-five dollar headset. I'm gonna pay for a fifteen dollar a month package at a hosting platform like Libsyn, my favorite. I'm going to launch my podcast. And so to do that, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna line up some hot guests like yourself. Uh, I would also probably look at finding some guests who have an offer to make to my audience. And what I mean by that is someone who says, I got this cool program. It starts with a free gift. Maybe your audience would like that. Bring that person on as a guest, get set up as an affiliate partner for them. And then I'm going to interview a whole bunch of people like on that very first day, because I only got 10 days. I mean, you guys really limited my time frame here. So I'm going to interview as many people as I can in those first two days and I'm going to edit those and I'm going to start posting those by day four. My podcast is going to be live in four days and it's going to start to find an audience because all of those people who I've invited on as guests, they're also going to share it with their audiences. So now, even though nobody knows me, they know the people I've interviewed and I'm going to tap into their audiences. Now, each of these guests on the show is going to offer their free gift. And so the people who listen based on the audiences this is being shared with are going to take advantage of those free gifts. And I'm specifically going to look for guests who have this kind of dialed in. So that free gift is going to lead somebody to a webinar and the webinar is going to make an offer to them where they could buy something. And because I have an affiliate relationship set up with each of these people for every sale that happens, I'm going to get a hefty commission. Typically in the joint venturing range, these are going to be anywhere from 30 to 50%. And this was the first way that I made money with my show, Consciously Speaking, and I'm going to start to receive those residual checks from these deals that are made, and I'm going to push the heck out of this podcast for these 10 days because that's all I got. I might even release, I mean, you know, this is a cool thing about podcasting. You could release more than one episode a day if you want to. As you all know, I, I teach on day one, launch with five episodes, blast it out there in a big way. You could if you wanted to, if I had a limitation of five days, or 10 days to make that money, I would probably drop five episodes a day if I could. Just because I know that the exposure and the multiple offers and the people binge listen. We've all done it. You know, you find a new show you like on Netflix and you watch five episodes in an evening. People will binge listen to the podcast. They're going to take advantage of these crazy offers. They're going to end up buying stuff and I'm going to make my 10K that way quick and easy. I love that. Hmm. I don't know if that was specific. You, you did not use your beater truck? Um, nope, didn't need it. <laughs> didn't want to spend any money on gas in that dang thing either. So, so what I hear you saying is that there is no reason right now with the technology that we have today at our fingertips that anybody should be complaining about making money online or off because you can easily start a podcast. You can easily partner with others, easily yep. find some great guests like Michael Neely and Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. Yep. Absolutely. And, and here's the truth of the matter too, with that, the first money I made was, I think it was around episode 49. And I was doing a daily show at that time with constantly speaking. So that would have meant it was in about seven weeks in. And it only took me that long because I didn't know about this technique when I first launched. 
otherwise I would have started with the offers like right out of the gate. And, and this is the part that I want people to really get is you don't have to have an audience. It doesn't have to be, you, know, you don't have to have thousands of listeners. I didn't have thousands of listeners yet. All it takes is one listener hearing the right offer for the right service or product or program and they buy and you start to make money. And I didn't even have my own stuff to sell. So that is the quickest path to making revenue with the podcast that I know of. There are plenty of other paths, but when you only give me 10 days, I mean, come on, I got a cram here. So for that listener that's out there that's ready to jump into the podcasting world, how can they get a hold of you if they want to work with you personally? I would say probably a good first step would be to sign up for my free gift, which I would love if we can put a link in the show notes for folks to get access to it. And that free gift is called the simple five-step process to launch a rockin' podcast in just 14 days. And I simply named it in 14 days because that's kind of an homage to how long it was between when my friend said you should launch a podcast to when I launched 14 days, quick and easy. And I didn't even know what a podcast was. So it's totally doable. This report will get people a feel for, oh, this seems doable. And it'll put them, quite honestly, you, they'll get added to my list. And in addition to this free report, I'm going to send them a daily email for the first seven days outlining a different way to monetize your show, seven different ways to make money quick and easy with it. And so each day that you get this email, it'll be more training on how do I do it? How do I make money this way, that way, you know, all of the seven different ways. What an amazing gift. Because guess what? I know right now that you want to start a podcast and Michael just gave you a free gift to help you not only start, but to monetize your podcast. And not only are you just giving a free gift, you're going to follow up for seven days to help make sure that they have what they Michael, You're amazing. Yes. <laughs> Aww, you guys are so sweet. I mean, I just love you mentioned coming into the room for the coaching calls that, that we offer twice a month. I always love seeing your faces in there. You add so much to the, to the group, your essence, your energy shines through and everybody just loves y'all. And, and I want to just even play that back on what you'd said, Queen Kimmy about community podcasting is still an independent medium. We're in it. We support each other. We help each other. And it's so important to have a tribe around your podcasting, because I think another reason people quit is if you, if you don't have that, you're kind of doing it alone in your you know, office or wherever you're recording on a regular basis and you don't have people supporting you, it's a, it's a harder road to tow and a community can make all the difference. In the world. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. So Mike, what is that one profound statement that if you was to leave out of the room, you want the whole audience to remember you by? <laughs> the comedian in me wants to make a joke. We'll forget that part. Okay, Sean. Okay, Mike. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so if I were to walk out of the room, what would I want people to remember me by? Mm. Um, just that I care. That is true. I can, we can get this to that. Yeah. yeah. We can. I care. I want the best for people. Sorry, I get a little emotional. We definitely can contest to that. Man. That's true. You're making me emotional. You know that's contagious, Michael. You know that. Yeah, it's and and I know you you both care as well. And to me, that's so important. And that tends to be the type of people that I attract to my work. It's like you know, we want to make a difference here on this planet. We want to support each other. We've got this one little home, this little blue dot that we live on, and it's all of ours together. It's our home. And we're all brothers and sisters. I know it sounds kind of trite, and like uh, maybe a little campy, but I'm like, look, you know, this is it. 
we've got each other. We got this planet. We're, we're flying through the solar system on our own. And so we need to take care of each other. And that's key. Exactly. And there's not been a moment that we have been in your presence, whether it was in person, whether it was in group, that we have not felt that love and that, that acceptance and that support and that camaraderie. So thank you for being who you are yes, and showing up as a bold, outspoken, soulful storyteller and sharing your story with us here at The Boss Effect. We greatly, greatly appreciate you stopping by. It's an absolute honor to be here. I so appreciate what you two are up to in the world and just keep up the great work because you are making a difference. Thank you. Awesome. Save You've been listening to Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an I-E. Thanks for tuning in to the Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review. Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out. Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out. Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave what you don't.